1989. Um, high school. It was an awkward experience in my life. And I don't mean just like one grade, all of them. And I had moved to Ottawa in grade 10. And in the school that I went to, it was a semestered system school. And um, and so we were the only semestered school system in the in the East End. So we predominantly had OACs. I don't know if you anybody remembers OACs. That was your grade 13 to get you into. It was a victory lap that everybody had to take to get you to the next level. Um, and so our school was predominantly grade 12 and 13s doing their laps. And our sport team was, our sporting teams were great. And so I'm in grade 10. I had uh, gone from grade 9 to 10. Grade 9, I was a little uh, a little pipsqueak. And for some odd reason, I went from 120 pounds to 170 pounds, 75 pounds in one year. And so I came in a little bit bulky. Um, for grade 10 and I was pretty athletic I was on a wrestling team before that and came to the new city of Ottawa East End and I'm like I'm gonna play sports that's how you fit in so I, I tried out for the team and lo and behold I make the team it is a city championship team that we dominated every team just dominated uh, I got in a couple times and I remember once, um, like I wasn't, I was not a, I was, what do they call that? A bench warmer? I, like, I don't like that name, but that's really what I was. I was a little bit more glorified than the water boy, maybe one level up from him. But ultimately I was, I could carry the waters if they made me. Um, but I practice hard. And once in a while, there was three games I got called up on. And, and all I heard was Ruby get in there and I was in there and the one the one play that I was in it was near the end of the game I got an interception and and I was always ready after that to hear my name I was just like man when coach says my name I'm in no matter what and so I feel like that's part of the spiritual life is like we we don't we don't we don't we don't we don't get ready we are ready we stay ready and so my beautiful wife was listening to a class that I was teaching from downstairs. I think she was spying on me and she's like, okay, so maybe you could share some of that in the meeting today uh, because you sound pretty prepared. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know. I was like, what were we teaching? What happened? Um, so I will um, use a meditation that I've been um, gathering since this morning and maybe a little bit uh, last week. But it has to do with the concept of defense. And so you might be here because of a deadly disease. You might be here because uh, your wife, husband, partner, the, the education system, your job, your, your police record, whatever it is. I don't know how you got here, but maybe nothing has ever really happened to you. Um, but, but we're all in this together. We're all on the same call for some odd reason. And, and so the thing that brought us together, um, we we need relief from and we need recovery from. And, and so how do we defend ourselves from going back the other way? And so that's kind of what I felt like my share would be on is, um, what am I defending? What, what, what is the defense? And, um, and, and so on page 68 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, 
Um, I'm just going to start there and then uh, we'll see where we go. Um, perhaps there's a better way we think so. That, so so perhaps there's a better way of, of living. There's a better life than you've been experiencing. And maybe you've experienced a great childhood and uh, maybe you didn't. And maybe there was trauma. Maybe there was no trauma. Maybe there was great parents. Maybe there was strict parents. Maybe there was no parents. Um, whatever the case may be. Um, now you're maybe considered an adult or an early adult. I don't know when you become an adult. I feel like my, my son keeps getting older and I'm like, yeah, you're not quite an adult yet. I know you're 26, but uh, maybe by the time you're 30, you'll be an adult. And here's me. I, we had him when we were 20 and 21. Like who let us out of the hospital? Like they shouldn't have done that. We weren't adults to look after a baby, a new life. Um, but we did anyway. And so the, 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 Contemplation starts in with perhaps there is a better way um, of, of living. And so perhaps there's a better life. Uh, maybe you've created a life that you're sick and tired of living. Maybe you've uh, created a life that you're a prisoner to. Um, maybe you've created a life that causes irritation, like there's no end to it and you need relief from it. So you go to things, whether it's um, food, whether it's um, the computer, whether it's your data or your social media, uh, or maybe it's the crack pipe, wherever you fit in, it doesn't really matter because it's still the life that's bringing, it's still the thing that brings you back to the old life. And so there is a better life. And what we call the better life is the spiritual life. Um, for, for we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. So now we're starting to see what the problem is. Um, we trust infinite God rather than finite selves. So basically what I need, what the problem is, is reliance on myself for all of my lifetime. And I got to the place where I got to going, I need a better way of life. Uh, we are in the world to play the role he assigns us. So the life, the old life was the role that I assigned myself, just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him. So my reliance now will be on him and not me. Does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? And whatever your old life was, could it have been summarized as a life of calamity, a life of extremes, a life of up and down, up and down, a life that you get sick and tired of? Um, or is it a life of serenity? And so the, that there's a trade of lives, of life. Um, we never apologize for anyone for depending on our creator. We laugh at those who think spiritually that the spiritual way of of living is weakness. I don't think we should laugh at people, but um, I, I guess we can. Paradoxically, it is a way of strength. The verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do, what he can do. Um, we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be not do, be. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. So are we in defense of alcohol or drugs or binging or whatever it is? It's saying right here, we have to be in defense of my self-reliance and of fear. Um, 
we we can live a life reliant on self or a, a life uh, maybe we could determine it like like we have this boat on the water and it's it's on the verge of being capsized this the storm the the breakers coming overboard and you finally get to a point where you're at the dock and there's this bridge that we can go on to dry land and it's kind of like we're designed to live on this land we're designed to be on the solid rock um and and not just floating out in sea and so i think it's this bridge of insanity the insanity that maybe you might have uh, addiction or the insanity of alcohol or insanity of porn or insanity of fill in the blank but i think we can trade that insanity in and this is what i have to have defense of the insanity that i can run my life again because isn't that what we're really dealing with the self-reliance has caused this calamity inside of me so the problem is within and the solution has to come within um, instead, we we let him, are you living a life that God is demonstrating his power through you? That would be one of the questions. Um, so I am in defense of the spiritual problem, the thing that brings me back into the ocean of calamity. Um, on page 43 at the bottom, we're talking about um, a guy that has has kind of relapsed over and over and finally um, has fully conceded that his life is beyond human aid. Like his problems are beyond human aid and he has to come into, let's say, life lab and, and really understanding where the fear, what the real problem is. And so once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no more mental defense against the first drink, except for a few rare, rare cases, either he nor any other human can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. So I think a lot of times we we get into this spiritual way of life and, and we, we hear these things, faith without works is dead. And so I have to do this doing stuff. I, I have to check off these boxes or I'm not living the life that I'm supposed to be living. I'm not living the life that other people need to see of me. Um, and and so part of those is like, well, I have to set up the defenses. I have to do my I have to do my morning um, read. I have to do my morning this. I have to do my morning exercise. I have to go to meetings. I have to go to meetings. I have to uh, work with other people. And so I can start building these defenses that are going to try to stop me from the insanity that I can live my life again. And isn't that the real insanity that I'm defending against what I think is the problem that isn't the problem, the problem's fear. So I'm actually setting up defenses in fear because now I have the fear that I might use again and that I might not be living the spiritual life. And isn't that the delusion that we set all of these things in place so that I will remain sober? But the reality is sobriety isn't even our job. That's not, that's none of my business. That's a direct result of my spiritual life in, in being in relationship with God. And so here on page 14, my friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles. So what are the new principles? The, the, new, the new way of living, the new value system. If you go into an ecosystem at a, at a, at a new business, and, 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 and especially my friend is here in the realty world. The realty people are awesome at this because as soon as you come in, they have their values like listed. 
and their mission. And it's like, this is what we believe. The, the customer's always first. We, we, are, we are highly acclaimed, just like this neighborhood. Here's our values and our principles. And we, we are here. I'll even buy your house. If we can't sell your house, I'll buy your house. Um, the real estate world is awesome for that because they just display all it. I imagine if you come into a work environment, whatever it is, um, if it's a corporate setting, you'll probably get their work values. You'll probably get, this is what we believe. This is what we believe about the customer. And so now you're adhering to their, their principles and values. And so this is what we are actually trading all of our principles and values because this is where it's all rooted in fear and designed in fear for me to be self-reliant. And so this is where people can really get in a hard spot of like, and I'm, I'm really, I really believe either I'm on the shore of faith or I'm on the bridge of insanity. Either God is everything or he's nothing. Either, either I am transformed and I am recovered or I'm in the process of it, or I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. It, 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 in, in the spiritual world, perfection isn't a quantitative measure it's either it is or it isn't so i can be perfect just like god like in the bible it says be perfect like my father is perfect um be righteous just like i'm right so if i'm in relationship with god i i maintain this perfection in him and so when we have these spiritual lines or principles so love and tolerance to all uh, be of maximum service to God. Giving rather than be, giving rather than receiving is our guide, our guiding principle. And it's like I'm trading all of my old principles for these new principles um, in all of my life. But if I'm holding on to the other ones, then I'm still in the roots of fear to be able to um, live my life and. And then I'm in the, the fear of my self-reliance will fail me. So I haven't fully committed to the shore of faith. And so my friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles. So if you want a new life, this is a necessity that you, ha that you, you have to afford. Particularly, it was imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. Faith without works is dead, he said. How, how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For an, If an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. And so... I think if you're two degrees off on the understanding of this, it can be easily misconstrued that if I'm not doing these things, then I then then I'm I'm not gonna be in recovery. Um, and so, the point of working with others isn't to um, ensure my sobriety; it is to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life. And that's what the spiritual, that's what, that's what the program of the 12 steps are. That's what, whatever 12 step version you have, that's the program of, of Life Lab is to be our primary purpose is to be a fit spiritual condition. And out of this fit spiritual condition, I get to, I, I adhere to these new principles and these new values. And that's how my life is guided. And so I have to have 
a, a, a relationship with God that is propelling me and changing my heart from the old to the new. And either he's changed me or he hasn't changed me. Either I have a relationship with him or I don't. And I think we can have a relationship in the understanding that God's over here and out there. Um, but we can have an intimate relationship with which he connects spirit to spirit in a perfect way. And so that's what it says that I have to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life. That is my defense. My defense is to grow in my relationship with God. And I said this earlier today that I haven't figured out a better word. There is a better word, but I was trapped in a rehab center for 10 years. Okay. So for, for one year I did re or for about six months, I was in a rehab center and it's like, it was, it was really hard. It was like, oh my goodness. I remember talking to my wife and like, because I went to rehab, so she would talk to me again and I'm like three months and I'm like, I'm like, I just need to get, this is, this is a hard, like, you don't even know. You don't even understand. Like, this is so like, they're asking me to talk about my feelings. Like what the heck? Like, why are they asking me this crap? Like I go into a counseling meeting and I have a counselor that's literally younger than me that just graduated university. She doesn't know a thing. And one day I just sat there. I'm just going to see how long this lady will just sit with me. And I'm like, that was the most uncomfortable hour. And then she said, after like 50 minutes, we were done. And I'm like, done what? Like, what's the point of this? Like, why are you doing this to me? And I'm like, honey, you don't understand what's going on. And she's like, what I would give to go to rehab right now. You selfish bastard. I think she used those words. And it was hurtful. But the reality is, it seemed like such a big deal. But it was... It was like just the beginning of, and, and 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 it was just the beginning of where my life was going. I, I, and then for the next nine years, I was trapped in a rehab center that I helped design. And I'm like, how did that happen? I thought that was so hard. I like, I don't, I, I don't want to be stuck in rehab. Like, there's better things to do for my life. I like, I know, I, I, I don't know what they are, but I'm pretty sure I can figure them out. That this isn't it. And I feel like the spiritual life and, and this relationship with God has totally directed me in a life that I couldn't even make up. Like, I can't make this stuff up. And here I am trapped in, in rehab for nine more years. It's like, I don't know who got helped in that time. And I know it had nothing to do with me because in my, 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 in my refinement, I probably hurt a lot of people. I probably wasn't caring. I probably wasn't as loving, but I learned how to do it. And so I was in a position to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life because that's what it's all about. And that's my defense against the life that I could easily go back to. I remember getting this guy out of jail. He was like, he had called a few times. I went to visit him at uh, at the jail, and he had these charges. Like I'm like, if like they're not gonna let you out. Like this is ridiculous. Like I wouldn't let you out. Um, you're, you're like I I barely like I don't even want to take you. Um, uh, but I had an open bed, and he had convinced me that he had done some treatment before, and he was ready this time. He was ready. Like he he sold it. He was a he was good. And so I bought into it. I went to court with him. 
Um, he got called like he was in the little penalty box. Uh, you might not. Okay. Anyway, there's a penalty box if you're stuck there and you go in the little penalty box and the judge talks to you. And I'm just thinking like, what a waste of time. This guy has like 40 charges. Like if this is a good judge, they're not letting him out. Like I wouldn't let him out. And, and, and so she calls me to the stand and I'm like, that's nerve wracking. I've been on the stand before and I don't like it. I've been in the penalty box. I prefer to be on the stand than the penalty box. And so um, she asked me uh, what my what our success rate is, and and in the addiction world, I don't I like there are so many different stats you could pull out of a hat. What like so what is success? Um, I quickly came to the realization I had to answer this question, and I just said it's a hundred percent for those that turn their will and their life over to the care of God and and continue on that path. Uh, she didn't like that answer, and she told me to get off the stand. Um, and, and so when they do their, I don't know, is it called a deliberation? They, they do their final say, like, is that your final answer? So she comes up with her final answer and she's telling the man in the penalty box. And I'm like, there's the way she's talking, he's not getting out anytime soon. And then she asked me to stand up. Mr. Ruby, would you please stand up? I stand up and she says, you came and talked about accountability and what your program would offer this man if we let him out into your care. You talked about the accountability that you have at the house, the the measures that you set up, but you can't even tell me what your success rate is. That's not great accountability. The next time you come here, you better have these numbers. And I'm like, who's on this? Who is this? Why is this happening to me? Here's another chance for me to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life. Because inside of me, little John Ruby was giving her the finger. I don't like court. I don't like police. I don't like judges. I don't like any of this. Why am I here? This guy, he just wants out of jail. He doesn't want, like, she let him out. And I'm like, oh, dang, didn't see that coming. So I get this guy. We get home. The next day, he's got a leather jacket. Because when you get out of jail, you only got the clothes that you came in with. He has a nice leather jacket. He had moosed his hair all nice. We go for the walk. In the walk, there's like three and a half K, but there's the snowflakes the size of like saucers. So the snowflakes are coming down. He comes back to the house with the crew, three and a half K, 45 minutes later. He's like, John Ruby, you're freaking awesome. I love this freaking place. This, like, he's got moose in his hair. His jacket's like, I don't know how much leather can get wet. And he was just like, oh, like, give me a hug. And I'm like, you're wet. Get away from me. Two, a week later, you're not a Christian. You, you're evil. You, I hate this place. And it's like nine years of this. You, either I'm going to smoke crack or I'm going to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life. And that is my defense. And so I outgrow fear. And fear is always going to be there, and it's God's gift, that 2%. And, and, and Captain Recovery is rooted in fear. Oh, she's not listening to me. Oh, she doesn't respect me. Oh, um, doesn't she know who I am? Like, no, it's not me that's growing so much. It's you that's growing so much. I've already grown. And that's Captain Recovery rooted in fear. Baby Macy, I got all these little cast of characters, but I'm outgrowing them, but I can still be controlled by them. So this is what I'm defending against. It's it's in me. All of my problems are within me of my own making. Because I'm not pursuing the relationship with God that I that I need. And that's what's going to solve every one of my problems. The storm is always going to be out there. 
but isn't it easy to 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 trick myself that I'm actually on the shore of faith, living the spiritual life when I'm on the bridge of insanity, and and not just the insanity of uh, sticking a needle in my arm or whatever it is, going to the fridge, going to the laptop, wasting time, spending all your money on groceries and laundry, and no one spends money on laundry. That's dumb. Clothing, whatever it is, online shopping, um, online whatevers, and and and. Isn't that what is is really what I'm in defense of? So uh, our goal is to perfect and enlarge our spiritual life through a relationship with God. And out of this, God's going to create a life that I'm in service to him and others, that I have opportunities to give, that like... That's the container that God brought me into. I didn't plan it. I didn't design it. Like I, I, I got to be a part of that, but that, and I, the trap's not the right word, but the blessing of being involved in early recovering guys coming in and out of jail and all that stuff was to help me grow. And so are you in a position that you are growing or are you still stuck in the life hoping to put a little bit of recovery in? Um, and and still being rooted and grounded in fear and being driven by the slave driver of fear because the new life is being God, guided and directed by God's love and light. That's the difference. Calamity or serenity. And it's always in here. It doesn't matter what happens out there, who relapses, who uses, what payments I um, don't have, what what disaster happens, who died, who who didn't die, what are, the, what are the kids, like whatever happens, I have a God of peace and love that has solved all of my problems and he resides in here and I become his temple. But that's the new life. Uh, there's this, a very successful guy that was in, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous named Fred and he had a great life with great kids in university and all that stuff. And he had this drinking problem. And finally, he conceded to his inmost being that he's beyond human aid, lived the spiritual life. And he said, there are two different lives. I would never trade the spiritual life for what I have today for its darkest day in the brightest day of the old life. And that, you know, you don't go back and forth. He's not going back and forth. He said, I wouldn't trade it. I have a different life, a whole new. I have been divinely inconvenienced against my will for 15 years. And that's how I know that I'm on the shore of faith. And now I have to perfect and enlarge my spiritual grounding.